The COVID-19 crisis has laid bare the entrenched gender inequalities that, compounded with other inequalities, plague labor markets. As the latest ILO monitor has shown, the employment of women is relatively at greater risk than that of men due to their overrepresentation in the service sector severely impacted by the crisis. In presenting the latest ILO Monitor report, ILO Director General Guy Ryder had this to say about the impact of the pandemic on women. We have in previous monitors focused upon groups that have been very badly affected uh, by more than the average uh, by the pandemic. So we've given you an analysis of the informal economy. Last time we did it for uh, young workers. This time uh, we're looking at the effect on, on women workers. And here too, we see that there is a disproportionate and damaging effect on women workers uh, from the pandemic uh, to such an extent that we fear uh, that the progress, modest as it has been, uh, in gender equality uh, in labor markets in recent years runs the risk of being reversed. Here to expand on this topic today is Valeria Esquivel, Senior Employment Policies and Gender Officer of the ILO Employment Policy Department. We're going to discuss how the current crisis is different from previous crises in terms of its impact on women workers and highlight some policy recommendations the ILO has to offer. Valeria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. In addition to the latest monitor report, the ILO has just published a policy brief that says women are relatively more at risk than men in losing their jobs. Can you explain why? Yes. The COVID-19 crisis is impacted women and men differently, depending on the sector they work in, the fragility of their employment situation, their access to labor and social protection, and their care responsibilities. Like in previous crises, women are more at risk, in particular in the South, when they are more in informal employment compared to men as they lose their sources of income. Women are typically the first to be laid off and the last to return to employment as the barriers uh, they face to entering the labor market remain in place, in particular lack of care services. And they are given lower priority as compared to men when new opportunities for employment arise. But patterns of sectoral segregation previously shielded women from the worst of employment impacts in past crises. This is to say the sectors contracting were typically those where the majority of the employed are men, like manufacturing and construction. And this crisis is different. In this crisis, the hardest hit sectors are also those in which women are the majority of the employed. Almost half of all women employed are at risk of losing their jobs and their incomes, while the proportion is 40% for men. So what are some of the hardest hit sectors where workers are predominantly women? Well, the service sectors most affected by lockdown measures like food services, accommodation related to tourism, the trade sector and the domestic work. Also, some labor-intensive manufacturing sectors, such as garment sector, where women dominate. And the risks we are mentioning are reflected in emerging employment data that shows women are losing their jobs at greater speed than men. In addition, women make up uh, the vast majority of workers in the health sector where they are more at risk of contagion in their daily work. 
And many women also continue to work in trying circumstances, like in education that has moved online in many places, and essential retail. And what is more, the closing of schools and the need to care for persons who become sick have increased care demands within households to an unprecedented scale. New evidence shows these greater care obligations are forcing women who remain in employment to either cut back on paid working hours or to extend total working hours, the sum of paid and unpaid care work, to unsustainable levels. Well, what lessons can we derive from past crises to deal with this one? Well, previous crises, uh, at least in our lifetimes, um, were less severe than this one, but they offer some cautionary lessons. They illustrate that when jobs are scarce, women are denied economic opportunity and security relative to men. They also highlight that crises usually imply the erosion of labor protections and the long-lasting worsening of working conditions. And that women are not only hit by the loss of jobs, but also by expenditure cuts that contract public service provision, in particular care services. So what are some of the policy responses that the ILO would recommend to be applied during the current crisis? Well, we recommend that policies put gender equality at the core of the emergency and recovery efforts. This is to avoid long-term damages to women's jobs prospects and to build back better and fairer. From the analysis of the impact of the current crisis and from the lessons learned from previous crises, we identified several policy priorities for a gender-responsive emergency and recovery effort. First of all, we need to prevent women from losing their jobs. The fact that they are uh, employed in the informal sector, that the, the sector segregation persists, that, that there are entrenched gender discriminatory norms in institutions and policies can leave women behind. It is therefore, therefore crucial to do whatever it takes to prevent women from losing their jobs, to maintain women's attachment to the labor force, and to establish mechanisms for women to re-enter employment as early as possible if they've lost their jobs. In the meantime, supporting women's livelihoods is essential to avoid further impoverishing them. Well, that's a very interesting point, and um, I wonder if you could cite some ways that women's livelihoods can be supported, and also if you could provide a few examples. Well, you know, the informal and casual employment of many women makes them ineligible for unemployment benefits or for job preservation subsidies in normal times, so it is important that countries adapt their policies to cater for this situation. For example, in South Africa, women have access to a special COVID-19 distance grant. And in Argentina, women can benefit from the universal child allowance, which was topped up, and an emergency family income, which is meant to reach families whose incomes come from informal activities. Meanwhile, in Chile, uh, there is a furlough scheme in which women maintain or keep their jobs, but their wages are paid by unemployment insurance. 
And in Malaysia, unemployment insurance has been made more accessible to female workers. Those are a few examples I can think of. Good. Um, the ILO's new policy brief on gender responsive employment recovery refers to the severe impact of what you call premature fiscal consolidation. Can you explain to the listeners what that means and how to avoid it and its impact on women? Yeah, let me try to do so. Well, in order to finance the stimulus packages put in place, some countries have seen their financial positions weakened and some are running deficits, which they have increasing difficulty to finance, including via issuing new debt. So fiscal consolidation is to revert this situation via spending cuts and the withdrawal of fiscal relief measures put in place during the emergency. When this is done prematurely, the risk is deepening the crisis. So the problem is that spending cuts in public services have a disproportionate effect on women and children and worsen the working conditions of care workers. Prioritizing expenditures that support gender egalitarian outcomes and avoiding premature fiscal consolidations become preconditions to sustaining recovery and avoiding inflicting further damage to women's employment prospects. Okay, the the policy brief also calls for investment in care. How does this help women? Oh, very much. Investments in care services have the potential to generate decent jobs, and, and particularly for women, and indirectly for men as well. And, and you know, I think uh, public opinion has been awakened to the often difficult and undervalued work of care workers, um, whose contributions has been and remain essential to overcoming the pandemic. Given 75% of the care workforce, including domestic workers in it, are women, improving their working conditions also means improving women's workers' overall working conditions. And it also contributes to breaking sector segregation by attracting more men to care jobs. So would you say that focusing on gender-responsive employment policies is probably the most important policy recommendation of the ILO? And can you give some examples of how this can be done? Yes, certainly. Measures uh, governments will put in place to support a job-rich recovery need to explicitly address the gender-specific effects of the COVID-19 crisis and create the conditions to support women's decent employment creation. I couldn't emphasize more that this has to be explicit. In the case of macroeconomic stimulus packages, Uh, they must continue boosting aggregate demand in ways that support employment retention and creation, as this will support women's employment and incomes prospects. On the financial side, uh, debt relief initiatives are important, as are international coordination measures. And as mentioned before, on the fiscal side, it's necessary to prioritize social expenditure. Sectoral policies need to focus on hard-hit sectors that also employ a disproportionate share of women, but it's also crucial, looking forward if you want, uh, to identify where decent employment opportunities for women will come from in new and growing sectors and adopt policies to close women's skill gaps and, and, and policies that also contribute to removing practical and legal barriers to entry for women. 
uh, active labor market policies can also continue to play a, a role in supporting women's reintegration to productive employment, like via, for example, public employment services um, and, and hiring subsidies that are um, tackling women. And also, I think um, we need to extend the coverage of labor market institutions, including minimum wages. The crisis shouldn't be um, an opportunity to erode uh, employment protection and social protection. Uh, and we must continue to respect fundamental principles and rights at work and social dialogue, because these are core to building resilience and by paving the way for a speedy and hopefully gender-responsive recovery. Thank you, Valeria, for putting into context how, within the current crisis, employment policies are important for putting gender equality at the core of recovery efforts to avoid long-term damages to women's job prospects and to build back better and fairer. You've certainly provided a highly interesting and comprehensive overview of the challenges women face, both before and during the pandemic. I'm Tom Netter, and you've been listening to the ILO podcast series on global solutions to the COVID-19 employment challenge. Thank you for your time.